podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm a Jesse. My brother Justice. Man. Um, you know, it's it's a day. Uh, it's a day after a day. You know, I'm gonna give you one more um celebratory, you know, you know, happy birthday. You know what I mean? My man, forward. My man. You know what I mean? Hope you, a, hope you enjoyed a, a delicious beverage or two and then a nice plate of, of something, you know, that you eat and or, or if you <laughs> ate, you know what I'm saying? However that played out. Yeah, yeah. Now, nah, you know, uh Getting to this age is is unique. Uh, so you know, turning forty five, right? Because it's like it has been said that forty is an old young man, and fifty is a is a young old man, mm. right? And so forty five kind of puts you right in the middle of all yeah. of it, yeah. right? And so it's one of those things that you know, usually by forty five, something hurts, right? <laughs> something on your body hurts right some there, there's some ailment that lasts a little longer than it should but at the same time you still feel youthful right mm-hmm. um as i said you know when i growing up when somebody turned 45 i assumed they was gonna have like a a, a small afro with a part on the side and a plaid suit <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. like like that's what that's what being 45 looked like right like right. you know uh smoking smoking a pipe you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Some, like um, brown shoes of some kind. Yeah, you know some pipe with brown shoes, feeling like your shoes is uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wearing a trench coat, right? So, like, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> what it means to be 45 in this day and time don't look like that, but it's a it's an interesting reflection on kind of age and station, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So uh, and also kind of with that is while you're you're 45 is you're still young enough to be with the hip stuff, you know, you definitely sometimes like, you know what, it might be time to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the things that may have moved you only five to seven years ago don't move you as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a, a interesting transition, but I, I appreciate the shout out. Right now, right now. So, um, well, I mean, in tune with, with, with age and age appropriate conduct, uh, I think the place I wanted to start with. Um, so over the last, I mean, it really, I guess, came to a head this week with the man's getting, resigning, as it, as it were. But um, John Gruden was implicated due to stuff he wrote <laughs> in an email. I don't know implicated is the right word, but I used it. Um, so I, th- I think it's good to give people context. The email in which John Gruden is just talking wild and, and saying ridiculously disrespectful, um, uh, racist, uh, insensitive, um, uh, homophobic, 
all the phobics. You know what I'm saying? Language. Yeah, um, he hit all the phobics. You know what I'm saying? And, and just in his communication and also speaking to a very specific sort of class dynamic of control and power as it pertains to the sport he's in. And and, and I think it's important for context, like he's a, a football lifer type of dude, right? So him having this particular set of behavior, you know, whether folks think it's fair or unfair, I don't think, I think it's totally reasonable to go this man's communication style in those emails was emblematic of a, what he thought was a prescribed allowable set of behaviors with that group of people. I mean, obviously we ain't never hear nobody from that time jump out and be like, Hey man, John Green just sent me the craziest email. I can't believe he said this to me. Um, right. so, but before I, I, I get down and let me give folks that might not track with the sports ball world um, context. The Washington football team, formerly known as the the you know the um, the Redskins for over seventy, I think it's important to bring that up. They, as a part of an NFL investigation into uh, uh, unhealthy uh, you know toxic work environment, um, uh, you know a whole general unhealthy situation going on there with their structure and leadership, that led to the owner of the team being required to no longer be involved in the day to day operations of the team. Right. Right. You know, I want all these links to make sure folks are thinking about this. Right. Um, someone leaked from the what's said to be 650,000 emails. These emails uh, that were sent to and a thread that was sent to Bruce Allen's, who was the GM, I think, at the time or the president of the team at the time, whatever have you work email, you know, which is an important kind of thing to always think about, at least those of us who work somewhere, you know, you might have your work email and you got your personal email and the certain stuff you send on your personal email, you don't send on your work email, you know, because you work there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And all that, all that communication is one could be subject to records requests, could be subject to investigation, but also, you know, that's where you work, dog. That's for professional communication about, you know, work stuff, you know, then impacts the company and, and, and whatever you do, whether that's a nonprofit company, government or, or, or a, uh, you know, a for-profit, you know, corporate entity, whatever it is, you know, should be related to, to the, to the product or the, or the, the kind of the services that you deliver or whatever have you not, um, uh, yeah, I'm saying you haven't roused about con, con conversations about something you've seen in a hip in a hip-hop video what have you um now i know everybody's jobs when somebody sent out a kid's bake sale or some funny picture and some cultures are different you know you know whatever have you but the point being he sent these emails somebody shared them leaked them rather from the investigation um and the ensuing fallout was uh one i, I would say an, an immediate lack of uh trust right you know from some of his uh some of his players there, there was especially current players there were um and then, but then there was also this thing to like defend him and he's different you know depending on which media things you watch again if you if you watch football <laughs> and ultimately on monday of, of last week he resigned um after meeting with uh the What's what's the young Davis's name? It's not Alan. Um, oh man. Yeah, well, you know how my yeah. feel about him. He he who shall not be discussed. 
<laughs> he uh resigned from the team. Um and and so you know there's a there's a couple different like entry points to think about this. The one that that is most important to me and why one I thought about you know age is that you know when he wrote these emails, I mean it was over 10 years ago, and sometimes with stuff like this, people were like, well, you know, it's 10 years ago, and he's he's different now, and the world's different now. And it's like, why would he be different? Nothing happened to him 10 years ago. Why should I believe that man is different? What evidence is he giving me to believe that he's different in any way? That's a ridiculous assertion. Right. Also, Especially if, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the year old is, man. Well, the thing is, 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 there's nothing different. And no one came to his aid, right? So there's not a thing of like, well, he wrote this 10 years ago and then got a black friend or then got a gay friend. <laughs> and record, you know, like on the road to Damascus and then figure out that he had to be different. Right. Right. So to me, that was the big thing about, yeah, you, I mean, you know, there, there is a conversation at some juncture on what is a time frame by which you can be fired for your current work. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I'm not asserting that he is being treated unfairly. I think he probably is being treated somewhat fairly here. Um, But I think there is a very unclear understanding of if someone said something 20 years ago, does that disqualify you for something? You know, at what point does it disqualify? Now, obviously, his was not a slip up. He had a culture, right? But to to your point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, to your point. And that gets to like to me is if something is revealed that puts into question your sincerity or like who you say you are and and especially in your you work in a field that is you know basically depends on your trust right your character the part of being a coach and a leader of a team and i thought um actually the coach of the chargers made a, i think a really good statement about about it he's and, and someone I, I think he's also impacted by the same kind of coaching you know kind of but there's an affiliation there i believe i don't totally no totally totally no uh, or i can't remember ever fully but the point being that if you're the person that's in charge <laughs> your conduct how you communicate things you do you know even that are maybe off the off the field off the lines outside the scope of your maybe your entity, agency, company, it does point to like who you are, right? Now that doesn't mean, you know, that your whole world needs to be circumscribed, right? But there does need to be a level of decorum, (laughs) a level of like, you know, uh, I guess I put it in this context, like we always like America, like the United States has never had a president that well, when I mean, they've all been white men except for one, <laughs> but so I mean, I know it's not the most diverse uh, body of leadership, but also they've never <laughs> been like unmarried, right? right? Right, and even where other countries sometimes they you know, have a leader that's either you know unmarried or they're divorced or whatever, like, but this country is especially like, Italy, right? Italy is like the swinger, like they have a swinger for a, a president, the prime minister. They, they are not, I mean, you make a good point because they, they are not like that the idea of what we have as far as, you know, the appropriateness of someone's character uh, identify by that. But yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't think that it like necessarily makes you a better president. It just, 
it's something that in our society we go, you know, people make a leap to go, how could you trust a person that doesn't, you know, they can't be in a relationship with someone, you know, <laughs> which right, right. doesn't totally, you know, there's also religious connections there, so I shouldn't leave that out. There's the, there's the assumption of a sort of, a, 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 I would say, a, a, a Christian structure idea, I would say, in like owning, you know, loving the family and all that. But even for for the current president, I mean, the fact that his first, you know, wife died in a car accident and, and the kid, like there, there were, you know, I think there's there's pieces and parts of the idea of like, what's the nature of your of your relationships. Um, but said that say, uh, what got blown off the table the week before was was your man's Urban Meyer, you know, being at, at his restaurant with with you know, I ain't make cast no aspersions. I I ain't, I ain't saying I know what's going on in that video, but it looked like the young lady was trying to dance with him, and that wasn't his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and people you know some people were more upset than that than others some people were upset with just the idea that you weren't with your team after a loss you know what i mean but the, but the bottom line is it, it brings into question your judgment right, right. And, and what well, how you make decisions what are the things you know that um guide your 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 um you know your actions as a leader and i i could imagine if I was on, and I'm here for for the, for the, what's funny about this to me, because if I was on John Green's team after that, I'm like, he said that about Demaris. It's like it's the first level is you still using big lip jokes, like you was using big lip jokes in the in the 2011s, 2010. Like you ain't got no new age way to be disrespectful. Like, but then it's like, okay, I guess you 48 year old man, so that's all you had. He was 48 then. He's older than that now. Yeah. Um, and then to say the other side of that though is like. If he do come to the office, coach, I'm I'm giving you the business and team meeting. Hey, coach, when I when I <laughs> is my lips too big for, for what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. you gotta take all these barbs. Like, did you think that was cool? Like, and if you can manage that, now I guess apparently there's some other stuff that's come out that like they knew on Thursday, the last week the team found out before before it was out in the media, right when it was out, they he told the team and the you know people could come meet with him, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's just a it it gives a peer into because because that dialogue, the other thing that should be um I think should be highlighted. And then we should think about within the context of the way our different systems engage and interact. You know, that was a thread of communication involving, you know, a, a prominent member of the world of football. Um, and the heads of several different corporate entities. So if this is how y'all talk, <laughs> right, you know, it, it lends to if then someone asks within your entity, if there if there is a, uh, I think one of the dudes was, uh, I can't remember the food chain, um, but it was, there's a couple folks that were head of, you know, some uh, I think fast food entity of some sort out of the Tampa area um, okay. within that thread. You know, it goes to like, yo, know, if it be interesting things or disruptive things going on within the context of your of your company, you know, this is admissible stuff. This is stuff that is enough to go. Do we need to take a look, right? Um, and I just, it, you know, I guess you know, I have to keep on rambling. What to you? Was there any particular salient 
idea or something like as a, a question in regards like either leadership or character or, or even just conduct that, that came up to you that was something to think about? Well, number one, I want to start with that this is the curse of Las Vegas, number one. <laughs> Never should have left Oakland. So number one. Mm. Never should have left Oakland. Um, but for any listener that can't tell, I am a recovering Raiders fan. Um, and they never should have left Oakland. <laughs> and, you know, the whole Gruden moving to Vegas, reclaiming, you know, the reclaiming like a good coach that they coached before, getting somebody that, you know, kind of a return and, and all that kind of stuff that came with Gruden and basically turning the ship over to him. Um, you know, for a level of money that you would really don't see coaches make, right? Mm -hmm. Co coaches and general managers at, at the same time, right? So that's one thing. It's the curse of damn Las Vegas. Number two, there's a cult, there's a couple elements of culture that have become really interesting. One is the culture of Gruden. Like you said, he said this thing's as a 48-year-old man, not a 28-year-old man. So while again, I, I still do think about in a broader sense is there a statute of limitations on conduct, not conduct per se, but words and what they could mean. Right. And I guess it's in the eye of the beholder, but he didn't say it as a 25 year old hanging out with like certain people. He says a 40 year old man who had been in football for years. Mm -hmm. Right. Who deals with largely a largely black, you know, uh, players. Um, so this stuff wasn't like, you don't be around black folks. You just said it because you don't be around black folks. Like, no, you said it doing that. And then also the culture of, like you said, like juvenescent, like talking about Hooters and you know what I mean? Like, right. think, I mean, but it's really just indicative of that broader kind of like uh, culture that exists amongst like coaches in football, right. That gives birth to much of this stuff um, with, with Gruden. And I think, you know, people knew it's just like everyone held their nose, right? These type of things aren't like like knowing the NFL knew that Gruden was was a prick before Thursday, last Thursday. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody knows who he is and knows who he was. And, that you know, again, part of, and this is real, but part of race in America and, and, and whiteness in America is the fact that you can be this kind of person and still make $10 million a year. Right. Because 10 year any, contract, any cursory glance at his background, cursory glance, how he fell out with people, cursory glance, everything would be like, yo, is he the kind of person that can take us to victory in the 21st century, given the teams that we're on and stuff like that. Right. Given the, given the land, the, the, the current landscape of race, orientation gender can you do that for us and the fact that no one thought to look deep enough because you was trying to get to damn las vegas right <laughs> and you needed a hook to get mm -hmm. to vegas is indicative of a blind spot in nfl owner culture mm -hmm. right so that's so that's where i think the culture conversation comes in number two the interesting thing to me was they did the they did the look into the Washington football team stuff because of a toxic space. Everyone knows their organization is super toxic, right? The only person who has been harmed coming out of this is John Gruden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, <laughs> the only person. You had 650,000 emails and you told me he was the only person that slipped up? I don't buy that. I listen, he just like listen, he got what he got. He got what he got, and he should have he should have confessed to it or talked about it prior. He should have went for some training, like anybody else who was thoughtful was a leader. But nobody else, no other emails, nobody slipped and said nothing dumb besides John Gruden. And then when and then when they called for it to be like, hey, we need to look at this. It's kind of like, no, everything else is good, but <laughs> case closed. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, There's nothing else to see here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I guess my understanding is that, that that it was a leak, so I guess the, they they didn't officially want to let nothing else out of that. But you know, basically, John Gruden and Bruce Allen are really the ones that are like hit up by this. You know what I mean? And I guess there's something in there too around uh, communication. And I, I don't remember all the details with it of uh, Adam, like a, a, a trans some kind of Adam Chef, not necessarily Adam Chef, not in the way that Gruden was just a. Something that I think would have been looked sort of inappropriate from a journalist perspective, <laughs> um, right? Right. But, yeah, but yeah, nothing yeah. major, nothing, nothing super major. So I just, like, and also I think there's no accident when things get leaked, right? When things right. get leaked, this is you know that was per. I mean, I argue that's purposeful, right? Like yeah. literally, leaked means someone oh, yeah. purposely shared it with the world, right? But if again, a treasure trove of six hundred fifty thousand emails, right? No, there was no other leakable information there. Nobody, nobody said something that you know they didn't like their team colors or something that was interesting. We only get John Gruden and Bruce Allen, right? right? Talking about Hooters and, and making all kind of juvenescent, you know, <laughs> sending, uh, sending nudie pictures. <laughs> yeah, like sending like 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 a throw like literally like a throwback. But it wasn't. I mean, I get it, but it wasn't 1979. It was 2011. This wasn't those situation where it's like you did this stuff and you know times where people still went to drink martinis at lunch and <laughs> you know what I mean like you still had pinups in people's offices like right it was 2011 there's a level of decorum that one you still should have been conducting yourself and then you know there's also this idea that I can imagine the team teams are like yo so you think this way about people but like you're in here coaching like you you don't think like this, right? Mm-hmm. Or you haven't thought like this, even if I even if I jumped to a, a conclusion with no proof that you don't think like this anymore, that you never talked about the fact that you have thought like this, right. and that there was a transition that you made in being able to talk about and describe the transition, right? There's none of that there, right? Right. So you know, um, simply for me, it's the curse of Las Vegas. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, and you know, for the team, I mean, you just get thrown into a tailspin, right? Like of of what this of what this means, but it does again point to a culture of you know NFL teams and NFL owners, and just the culture of them are overwhelmingly white men, um, and generally speaking, overwhelmingly white especially GMs and presidents, if not coaches, right? Mm-hmm. So it does give you a peek into like, this is a culture that is part of how this stuff is done business. And then, you know, it's just the fact that it's hard for, it's hard for certain white men to fail. <laughs> and John Gruden <laughs> is an example of that. It's hard to fail. Even if you're, even if you do dumb stuff. So um, my only, you know, my closing thought on that just is that, 
you know, thinking about one, um, when we're thinking about trying to change sort of the structural structural change, you know, in our in our society, the thing that that to me is a, is a tipped hand to is I operate from the the idea that you know I ain't saying that you're a bad person, I ain't saying you're an irredeemable individual, but I was not like, oh my goodness, I can't believe John Gruden said such things in an email. Like no part of me was, you know, it's 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 weak sauce, it's whack, but I wasn't like, oh my goodness, how could he? It's like no, I I, and I'll just say this myself. It's not a stretch. Yeah, we we you know I, I think especially of a certain age, we kind of go like, there's a chance you want you releasing some, you were if not in a in a, I, I didn't expect you to do it on to sending it to somebody's corporate email, but if not in a in the form of an email, in a chat group. Um, in some sort of circle of folks that you might meet up with where, you know, maybe you're not really into that sort of that sort of language and, and view of the world, but someone else that you do business with um, or have some longstanding either familial or other connection with, you know, they dabble in that world. And right. when you with them, you may or may not be uh, striding like, hey, man, I ain't gonna have you around here using that kind of language. Right, <laughs> right, stop right. talking about them people that way. You're gonna be like, nah, man, pass me. You're gonna make a, a wry, uh downturn kind of grin and then have another sip of your gin and tonic and maybe move over to the other side of the room and talk to other people because you don't like talking to the dude that talks that way. Right. But you ain't necessarily, you know, we, we our experience, I would say culturally is I mean, we don't expect you to lose no business <laughs> because you want to tell that dude that, you know, what I mean, I think the way you be talking about uh people of color is uh, you know, is inappropriate. You know what I mean, you ain't the Mark Demarcus was a U.S. state, uh, state, you know, state attorney. Like that man, what you where you get the grounds to disrespect that man that way, right? And you, you know, no disrespect to football coaches, but you're a football coach. Like settle down. Well, that's my point. That's the thing about <laughs> that you could take somebody like, you know, Demarcus Smith being a celebrated lawyer and and you know his role in the Players Association. And you could just reduce him to like saying he's like a blabbering idiot with big lips, right? Like you can you can do that, and and that doesn't feel abnormal to you, right? You can minimize all that this person really is by rape by troops, and that's just like the power of race in our country, where that mm-hmm. that is like, oh, okay, yeah, I did that, yeah, my bad, I won't make that mistake anymore, right? Like, and before the other stuff came out, it was like, okay, my bad. Right. I talked about the market. I talked about him bad. My fault. Yeah, I was. Tripping. I don't like. I don't not like all black people. I just like. I just like this black person. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he gets hit with the molly wop of the other emails. And next thing you know, he's gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, yeah. it is. It is an indicator of just a in the peculiar way race plays out in our society. Absolutely. And then I guess one last last point because I thought about two. Because the other thing is, if he just would have owned it and like, yeah, actually, I said some other wild stuff in them emails that's probably going to come out. So let me just say, you know what I'm saying? Do, do, do. Well, he started trying to act like what he said didn't mean what it said. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, what am I? <laughs> so anyway, so I guess, you know, lesson of the day is don't be John Gruden. Don't be John Gruden. You know what I mean? Be, be, be somebody else. Don't be them. Be somebody so. else. Yeah. <laughs> don't be John Gruden, please. <laughs> So I guess on to uh 
topics of um of say, power and money. Power and money, but these are the more of an entertainment context. Uh billions, a show that you and I enjoy. Um I guess you know the, the fifth season was was released or completed. I don't remember the time, but I did get to watch it all finally. Um and kind of close out before the, the new new season coming in I guess January. January, yeah. Yeah. And um I enjoy billions for multiple multitude of reasons. Um because one, because them dudes, some wild dudes, they be tripping. Um, you know, operating with a certain level of impunity and, and, and remorseless uh, attack on society, on, on the world as they see it. Um, but I guess just to start, like, what what's something that uh, you know, uh, I guess a a touch point. You know, what I'm saying, to enter into just sort of like an update from what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think to your point, I think billions is really interesting for the interplay of money and power and done in a slightly exaggerated, but not wholly exaggerated manner. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the con the complex interplay of power and you know uh power and lack thereof, right? Because I think there's an interesting interplay of like there's people who are totally powerful in one space, but not powerful in another space, and then you use a whole bunch of usually uh, underhanded methodologies in order to strengthen yourself in the spaces where you are not or strengthen yourself versus other people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then unfortunately, people are often used as pawns in that game, right? So I think billions is a, it, it, it's a, it's a, again, a slightly more realistic account of like how those spaces live. And then just the, the also idiosyncrasies of people in power, right? I think it's a it's a look into often in the corporate space and in the polit- political space. Before Trump, I would argue, we had this idea, for example, that presidents or people who are, exe- you know, uh, you know, governors or these type of things are like largely rational people, right? Mm-hmm. They're largely rational people who just sometimes might make a bad decision, but largely rational. And that has undergirded, I think, um, the, uh, our political understanding for mm-hmm. for decades. Right. Um, Trump obviously kind of broke that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Trump just, you know, destroyed that idea, that covenant, if you will, that, you know, the president is a largely rational being that you just might disagree with on issues. Right. Um, but I think this show talk shows you how rat like rational yet irrational people in power really are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and what drives decisions and, and the 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 impetus for the, the impetus for decisions that impact so many other people, which I think in this day and time, given um the role of of business, the role of government is is really interesting. And so I think locating this conversation, one is the the beauty of the writing, one benefit that Billions has is that it it always looks to remain very present. You know, so even during the time they stopped filming, when they came back, if you and I discussed, you know, they they wrote COVID into the storyline. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, in a very kind of unique way, they wrote it in. It's like this is what's happening in real time. So here's here's how we're going to say that here's a world of how power functions, still given COVID. Right. And I think that that was a really really interesting um, part of of it. Um, another thing, real quick, is just the 
you know, the interplay obviously between Chuck and, and Bobby Axelrod, Chuck Rose and Bobby Axelrod, and you know how it how it plays out. Um, this idea that you will watch it and you always think like Axelrod will always find a way out. And like they finally don't, but that's a testament to the writing because this was their way to write uh ax out of the at least the next season mm-hmm. right so they use this idea that finally chuck wins but chuck you know on um, spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> chuck doesn't win chuck doesn't totally win <laughs> yeah chuck, chuck doesn't win um and then write somebody else into it so i think yeah i just think that the writing um and the, the thoughtfulness about making it relevant to the day. And again, that interplay of power, which I think we're all in so many worlds, whether it's the corporate world, whether it's talking about the NFL, looking at politics right now about how Washington works, right? Like you can look at you can look at how Washington works or insert any state capital and show that there are people making what they consider entirely rational decisions often based on irrational premises mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you're making a decision to be like hey we won't raise the debt limit uh cruz uh senator cruz because of a beef about russia just won't allow any uh any of biden's um you know uh folks to get inducted right mm-hmm. to, to to go through the senate right um like so we just get these things and you're getting like this rational thing that someone thinks they're doing based on what I would consider in some ways irrational premises. And so billions mirrors that, that element of real life. Right now, again, as it, as it, as it pertains to our political space, there's going to be a time that I think, well, let me take, let me not say that there's going to, we're going to have the Vox Popular is going to have to start looking at the decisions that elected officials make on their behalf beyond the feeling of the decision. Like mm-hmm. it, at some point it has to start being like, Hey, have you thought about how this decision will impact us five, 10 years, 15 years down the road? Right. Versus, on either side, Democrat, Republican, progressive, conservative, whatever have you, in our current discourse, every decision is made based on kind of like a very short-term self, self-fulfilling idea. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you touched on that because I think one of the things, and I hope I can get this sentence because it was forming in my head out, right? The show displays the way sort of like our sense of like what you should do in order, like what happens when you either do to your, your perceived real, you know, power, you know, the things that you have leverage over, you know, the ability to influence or control and, or the ability for anyone, as they say, who going to check me, boo, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Levels that you just go, yeah, they say I should do that, but I why should I do that? I don't gotta do that. Right? You know, like, like just you know, so it's like, yeah, man, you know, doing this to keep the prices of the what's name, you know, healthy and make sure that you know families can can access healthy food at reasonable prices. And it'd be like, yeah, but that ain't got nothing to do with what I want. <laughs> right. Like, what what I want is do this so I can make this thing in my in my, you know, do this uh, you know, short sale, you know, whatever particular financial activity, right? And and that if someone is like it's 
when you're not ever in a position to do that in the world, um, you you may you might think that no one would think that, <laughs> right? But then when someone is in in a position where they're like, oh, actually, there's no there's no one that could really kind of stop me from doing this, like you know what I mean? Like so, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, like uh, what is, what you mean? Uh, what's what's the, the pop road go the Oh, uh, Chuck Rose Sr. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's a junior and senior. You know, Chuck Rose Sr. is sort of just like, the world is my way. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the, the conditions of decisions are rooted in sort of like what outcomes get me to what I want. Now, he he does operate with a certain idea that him making these decisions like results in the world working. In a sense, like to me, like, like, the, like uh, when he... Uh, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, like as a one, I thought was hilarious. And I, and I had rewatched that episode when they does the uh, the speech up in Yonkers about the yeah. doing the development. That speech is and to protect these, these terrible people. It, it, it was like the worst. <laughs> it was like, damn, homie, you gonna come into the community to build it? Just you, 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 he did the full, you know, urban renewal 1967, you know, playbook, like how you talk about place and space and people. And, but, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was also for a purpose, right? It was intended to be intentionally like bad, you know. Once he realized that, you know, he really didn't have no shot of disrupting, uh, you know, Axelrod's movement there. Um, but like, you know, that's a certain type of perspective, and if that type of pers- that perspective is positioned to have actual influence, it will act in a way that goes like, yeah, like the shit I do is the shit that makes sense for everybody, whether they like it or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. I think that the um the way the show frames that, but then also juxtaposes that with these other ways that people, you know, wield and use power. And then that like how you're connected to certain things. Um, the way the um the district attorney of New York or Manhattan, yeah. she Manhattan district attorney, yeah, Manhattan, comes yeah. comes in and out of the of the scope, right? Like, you know, the whole piece that comes out of really the previous season, you know, when Chuck finally becomes attorney general um a state but realize he already had no power <laughs> as it pertains mm-hmm. to like the stuff he wants to do like the thing he wants to do he don't really gotta know he don't have leverage he don't have uh was it jurisdiction and it doesn't really have uh like certain subpoena powers and all these other things and criminal powers the way that the the, the da does so you gotta you know and so then you had this interplay but then there is a and i think the show does a pretty good job and i think it comes up a couple places of like the way uh, people of color show up in certain positions um, and that there is like, like it, 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 I think it touches on the tensions, but I think it doesn't like, it doesn't like reframe the show out of the, the main people who are the, the subjects of the show, but right. it, it does show it there. Like it's a part of some of that energy and tension and, and challenge there. Like when he goes after the, uh, the sex worker stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's really important to her, right? Because, uh, you know, as a woman, as a, as a woman of color from a certain community and from like in a, with an understanding of that world, you know what I'm saying, wants to impact and improve that situation. And it's like, I'm going to go after this thing that matters to you, um, which is it's also the bizarre wildness of, uh, you know, of, of systemic power and position, like to attack something that you care about just because I want to get what I want, right? So he has the same kind of, you know, Gene as his, as his pops, but it ain't, it's not necessarily served towards some idea that it's improving the world in any way. It's just because that's what I want. Um, 
it's 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 a wild wild piece. I did like when they did the uh to um the they had the masks on and then you know when like it, it, and I, I wonder for some folks in some work environments like at the different stages of of, of like vaccination not vaccination wearing masks not wearing a mask um whatever have you of like he comes and he's like everybody in here should have a shot should be good to go take the damn ass off <laughs> you know what I'm saying? but then like you know our public awareness where later we're like oh man maybe put your mask back on <laughs> like, right like like it's um you know that uh places are shaped by the what's going on inside them um what 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 the leaders in that place think are important and you know if you're in that space and you still like yo dog i mean i got shot I, i'm still trying to kind of wear my mask all day i you know i don't really want to take no no risk and it'd be like but you, your boss who you make a whole lot of money from is like nah man take that mask off like you know you might take the mask yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they, they again, they show it revolves around this idea and the various permutations of power, right? In the various permutations of like will mm-hmm. and just in a in a turbocharged world where someone makes, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars for watching a watching a screen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the factors, whether you're at a small nonprofit or you're at a huge company, really remain the same, right? The the idea of who directs the who directs what happens here, right? And I think also one thing I, I this is the last thing I want to say on this was one thing that's interesting about all their positions that none of them are truly held accountable to anybody else. Yeah, right. Like it, you know, you could argue with a board. You could argue with different things, but neither Chuck nor Axelrod nor uh, anybody is actually held responsible to anyone else. They use resources from other people. They derive power from the skill at representing other people, whether it's Chuck being the AG or if it's Axelrod spending, you know, making people money, right? So they derive this power from people, but at the same time, they're not held accountable to those people in very any particular way, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean in regard to the decisions that they make when you're not necessarily held accountable, which is different, I think, than a lot of other people's understanding of power where it's a, you know, okay, you're the executive director of something, but then, you know, these other people, decide if you get a raise right mm, right mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. no one decides no one decides if chuck does what he does other than you know when especially when you're elected you're the ag you know what i mean like you're an elected official you are the top law enforcement elected official of a uh of a state right 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 so no one actually no one actually decides if you're there until the uh until the people do four years from now right right, right. um what? so yeah well, one thing I think though that they but but they do have is a they do have something to lose in in the in the context of like status and I mean and obviously money, but um like there's a there's no one to yeah they, they there's no one that that can hold them accountable, but they do behave with with a sense of like I have a position and 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 certain stuff that's happening that um you know, I want to maintain that position. You know, and so when we think about right. like societal change and like why, you know, oh, well, it's the money. That's why they won't give up this or that. And it's like, yeah, but 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 like, what? how does that actually look in, in acti- action and behavior, right? So if we're, if we're trying to move the world to some other place, whatever that place may be in terms of the way it, 
the conditions and the things function for, for people. If we don't think about what, what, what would, what would be lost, what would motivate, uh, you know, the individual to, to say, Oh, I, I might need to act. Right. And, uh, you know, when your man, uh, when they go dig up, you know what I mean? Basically, you know how he did his man's, uh, Prince did his man's to, to get his initial, you know, kind of fortune. Yeah. That was something that really mattered to him, right? And and he was, you know, concerned about losing face and this kind of thing he was trying to be, this 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 entity he was trying to become, you know, then, then also somewhere in ARC, he realized, he's like, well, you know, fuck it. <laughs> like, everybody right. knows now, Bloom's off the roads. I still got all this money. <laughs> like, like, like I'm still the dude that got all this money and power. So, you know, I'm I'm have to let go a little bit of sort of the shining, uh, you know, the 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 shining moment in terms of maybe people seeing me, uh, with this like you know the benevolent capitalist, so to speak. And uh, he became more dangerous then, right? right. I mean, in the real way, <laughs> yeah. he became more dangerous once he got rid of the illusions of who people perceived him as. Yeah, like you know. And that's that, that's like, you know, I think something just to think when you think about human behavior dynamics and the way people behave, like sometimes we can think, oh, well, if you do this, like, you know, it's like, I mean, I guess it's a, I don't know if it's, it's a, it definitely is a TV trope, but I, th- I think some actual people sometimes think about their lives this way, where it's like, this is happening, then they'll ruin, I'm ruined, right? And then it'd be like, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess we could, I don't really want to dove into the, the idea of the cancel culture, so to speak, or whatever that means, which, you know, as many things in our society, what people are saying is not necessarily what something is, you know, in any, in any facet, but the idea where you're like, well, I'll publicly shame this individual and then that'll motivate a change. Right. Is it, if your idea is changing in them, right. There's a, right. Is it an attack on the idea There's other things, but doing something to someone or creating something where someone's context for themselves, you know, if, whether it makes them slink off of the public stage um, or, um, you know, change in some other ways, it may or may not go the way you think it's going to go. You know, similar to when, you know, when a uh, big Chuck gets, gets his kidney situation resolved. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm it's just something, you know, not to say that to take any particular actions or to push people to change, but just to be mindful. If, if, if whatever one does to try to, to change a, a way an actor in a system behaves, that when you, when you do do something that really impacts that particular actor, it may or may not go the way you think it's going to go. Like they, mm-hmm. like they might, you know, it, it could go any number of ways. And like your man said, all right, well, it's whatever. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't be the one that, that does the, uh, the, the benevolent handshake with, with, uh, you know, the, I don't know the, uh, at the Nobel prize, but I'm going to still be, uh, you know, I'm still getting an invite. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still going to get an invite. They just ain't going to have me on stage. You know what I mean? Cause I'm still within that strata. You know what I'm saying? I'm still within that world. And, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to change, you know, s- structural, you know, power entities and, and formations and the way things are aligned. And and I think the show, you know, whether it's as accurate as, you know, one could perceive it, I think it does a good job of presenting that, like, there's a whole world of folks operating in this space. And, you know, and they think about the world in a certain kind of way and they position themselves in a certain kind of way. And even within it with people when, uh, when they're doing the divorce stuff and um, when, you know, talking about the money she breaks, she makes, 
you know, you're making a hell of a lot of money. It's hard to believe that you got to report somebody when you're making that much money. Right. Right. Like it might be hard to comprehend the idea like, oh man, I got to report to this dude. You know what I'm saying? Talk to these people. You know what I mean? Because, you know, but, but, but you do. <laughs> as far as that, like more money than, than that. So, yeah, it's a good show though. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, good show. People should definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. It's definitely interesting for the, for that, the interplay that Justice talked about. Yeah. I would, uh, well, I don't know if they would do it, but if they interwill, because, you know, that I man, they gave that a couple years ago when Axe wanted to buy a team, an uh, NFL team, like uh, that whole dynamic of like who you are as a public figure if you own an NFL team. And just in light of our other conversation, kind of go like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I guess the, I guess the message Maybe. of that was don't share the emails. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And buy the Raiders, damn it. And send, take them back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, act the bottom readers and take them back. Um who uh so we have one more one more touch point uh to, to engage with for before we uh, let you go, and that's the return of the Wu Tang uh show. Uh, yeah, season uh, two. Season two. Um I I'm not all the way through season two, but I'm a few episodes in. I'm probably gonna watch some more while I go make some breakfast in a moment. Um what was some of your, you know, what was some, what's the touch point? We coming yeah. In well, I guess one is to, to look at season one. And, and so a couple of things. One, I think season one was slow on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people were like season one kind of like it dragged. Right. Um, but I think season one was well served by dragging. So you didn't try to do everything in season one. Right. Mm hmm. That I think makes season two this much more interesting, um, and and gives a lot of character to what's happening with them. Um, and and is actually just it makes for more uh, I think engaged watching. Two, you know, it, it it what I'll say about that also is very similar to like different people have different favorite Godfathers for different reasons, except for three. No one really likes three. You know, I, me myself, I thought three was okay. Uh, maybe it was just because of the age. I mean, you know, it was what it was. It was campy. It was you know, every time I, you know, to keep every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. You know, lead the cannoli, take the gun. You know, there just was a lot of you know, a lot of campy, interesting things in three of me. Right? They, it wasn't like good. Right? <laughs> um, so anyway, enough about that. But within Godfather one and Godfather two, usually had people who were like. They really run the Godfather one, or they really run the Godfather two, and they thought the other one maybe dragged, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's much like that, right? Where you're like, okay, maybe season one, you might have thought it dragged because it can create the season two that moves fast, right? And the characters are more fully developed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you know, it's like Wu Tang and American Saga. I think that's what the under. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and American I think Saga. they've done RZA and Alex C um has done a good job at really you know again owing to season one kind of making it more of a tale a saga right like right, right. you're you know you're you're placing these people within like this experience and then this change right this transition from which if you really do think about it is amazing the idea that somebody gets a record deal loses a record deal goes through a situation 
of being in jail for attempted, you know, for attempted murder and I can, you know, for self-defense, gets out of jail, comes back, finds eight more people they grew up with, does a song, <laughs> and within like three years of that become multi-billionaires. Right, right. Like, you know. Internationally known. Yeah. Internationally known, like that fast. I mean, I do think sometimes we can downplay like how unlikely that really is, mm-hmm. right? And I think mm-hmm. hip-hop sometimes provides us with these like you would say, touch points of different people, which almost normalizes something that's not really normal. So in the same way, oh, Jay-Z was on tour with this person. Then he was selling drugs. Then he gets with these two other guys, puts a record out. And now by 1997, 1998, they're world superstars. And now he's a billion dollar guy that lives with, you know, that that Hmm. married to Beyonce. (laughs) Right? Like Beyonce, baby daddy. Yeah. So so Beyonce's husband, I don't want to respect it. If you keep telling the story of Wu of Wu Tang, Diddy, maybe like Jay Z, right? You you know Master P, right? Mm-hmm, you keep mm-hmm. telling these stories, you start to rationalize something that is entirely like, yo, that is not normal, dog. Like this doesn't happen, right? Right. right. It, it, as it stands to all of the all of the rappers who have tried to do what those folks have done, including us, <laughs> and now we had to go into real life, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> right so so yeah i do think it's it, it is the, the idea and then the premise of creating a story to show that transition and to show that growth makes for engrossing um television right mm-hmm. um i've been keep people have keep telling me like you, you need to watch the second episode you need to watch the second one now it's kind of like, uh, you know just because i think culturally some of the things i may take uh take issue with um you know kind of uh, made me be like oh, i don't know this is great for you know whoever likes it but i don't know if it's something relevant to me um the second season i think you know as it pertains to culture and, and our cultural tenets are more realistic mm-hmm. um they they've they've kind of matured a lot in the sense of having those kind of cultural contextual uh dialogues and what it means and i can definitely tell that the writer's room has grown mm-hmm. the writer's room has improved um in the second in the second one according to a lot of even clothing um you know the clothing that they're wearing is definitely 92 93-esque you know what i mean like the the the, the little small leather jackets Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people start wearing Tim's and when people, you know, although it's hard for, I think, this generation to remember when more people wore black Tim's than construction Tim's. Right. Right. Like, right. forget that there was a time that like black Tim's was the moving constructions was almost like, all right, if you got them. Right. 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 <laughs> like, it was like, oh, you're doing something different. You got to, you got yeah, like they still Tim's, so we're still giving you your respect, but it definitely doesn't come off like you had a pair of black Tim's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that they they have done a, a a good job with it and locating, I think, a very unique story and in some ways making it, you know, a very American American saga for all that that means. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, you know I, I think the uh, the the interesting thing about the show and just like like the Motown age, we. Uh, we give that uh sort of that 
you know, view of nostalgia and like, oh man, what were they doing at Motown? Like, and so you think about like you would want to watch the um, you know, the various other biopic, biopic type movies, the things that have come out, even in recent things, like we we that's a good point. Yeah, you know I mean, but of uh and I think there's yeah, there's ones in other like genres, like you know, that they try to do like the biopic of uh like the doors movie or right, uh, right, right. Um I think someone does someone actually make a Janis Joplin movie, or is that just someone keeps? I think I it's know. like one thing that sits out there. Like you think there's a Janis Joplin movie coming, but right, like, but I don't like, know. Like, 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 a large, like a large professor album from the '90s. Like you right. think it's a like, you, you think <laughs> it's album coming? LP, we'll make that record, brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, like from our age, and again, the, the, to to put in the context that that you know this this happened started the, the arc of this story started 30 years ago. So it's not really unreasonable to do, you know, a, a, a biographical kind of look yeah, at, at that age and that window, right? And um, and I think of of the artists and folks of that time or of this, you know, time. You know, it is a an interesting. It, it, it's an outlier story, like. There, you know, there's, there's, I mean, we can name some other groups that was like, it was a whole lot of people and they was rapping and they had boots on and they had, you know, camo jackets and like field coats. And like, you know what I mean? And then, you know, they, they got a record out, but that was, you know, and they not Wu-Tang. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. They're not Jay-Z or they're not Master P and them. They're not Juvenile and, and, and the Cash right. Money Brothers and yeah, they're not uh, Scarface. They're not Dre, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and Snoop and all them coming out of L.A. You know what I'm saying like it doesn't it doesn't happen for everyone where they become an international star, even if they find some success, right? They find some success within the industry, but where they you know they they jump over, they jump into that other place. You know what I'm saying where people who don't know nothing about really nothing about about you except they heard your song and they think it's you know it's dope the, the W man that woo. You know what I'm saying like it, it's a real thing, and so it, it's just an interesting to. It, on one you know what exactly it's an interesting point i want to say you to add on you make a point it is the most enduring brand that hip-hop has had up until now i used to think it was a run dmc uh what's the name right oh, which yeah, was also yeah. a classic like classic kind of branding right the classic right, right. symbol yeah, yeah. Um, that you would you would think about it automatically evokes an idea right but i think Again, you're talking about something that was 30 years ago. And literally, someone can wear it today who does not even listen to Wu-Tang music. Mm. Right? There are people who will buy something with a W on it because it now has pop culture relevance in America or globally that has nothing to do with if they've actually ever listened to Inspector Deck. Right, right. Or could name And I think, right. Anybody, all of them. Yeah. And so I think that that is a very, to your point, a very unique part of why even this story is relevant very much in the same way to your point that hey uh the Motown, Motown was relevant to people and watching even variations like the five heartbeats right, right <laughs> like right. So you, can watch, you can watch the temptation you can watch the jacksons right but you could also have a a, a spinoff of something that wasn't entirely real but you knew it was real enough right, it was right. based it was based on something of that time, and I think hip hop, whether this one, whether uh, straight out of Compton, although I think that that was kind of like they they captured it, and in some ways, even though the tentacles of what NWA did are as relevant as ever, 
as far as the permutations of it, it's not as like, I think Wu-Tang is actually, it happened then, it's happening now, you still might be able to go, you can go see Raekwon and Ghostface on tour, right? Right, right. And just on tour today, right? You can still, there's still a thing from from that, right? Um, The documentaries and the whole bit. So I do think it's an interesting way that they've been able to make it, tell this story and then obviously dramatize it, um, which has its own challenges, right? I, I just saw something from a, from Fourth Disciple, where he he took some concern, he took some uh, umbrage mm, mm. Um, to how Wise was uh, described in in the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's where the challenge is that it, it's not a docu, it's not a docu series, right, right, right. It's a dramatization, right, and I think that's the, you know, the ups and downs of a dramatization that it's not really meant to get it totally right but it's meant to be a, like what you say you know uh nearly right and exact <laughs> right, <laughs> right? It, you know to you know build culture it's meant to be nearly right and exact right so it's right. not meant to be 100 percent right and exact it's meant to like do but also keep you watching something and if that means you don't tell the whole story about general wise then that gets lost but i can understand because it doesn't get lost to people who cared about him right right Right. It's lost. No one. If you don't know who that is, then it doesn't matter. But if you do know who it is, you don't want that person being perceived or seen this way in shows. Right. So I think that is also the challenge that they have is to remain for this to remain interesting. But at the same time, you know, I think given to maybe some of the inclinations of people around them, it also remains just and true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the. um I mean, I, I think there's a there's a there's a positive thing that we we exist in in the current you know media structure apparatus and tools that there's you know in the 80s there would not have been enough outlets and vehicles. I mean, one generally the 80s was I mean you could get certain stuff with black people on TV, but you know there's a whole different thing there. But now there's so many different touch points where folks want to see different stories be be you know happen or be shared or be told um and there are there's impetus and will that basically there's everything in place where if something like this could get could be put together right and could be distributed right. and then there's a you know a whole channel and uh i think it is an fx show right it's an fx show um it's on hulu it's on hulu but i think it's because you know but basically a, a entity that that trades in doing these types of Right, 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 right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that their thing. It's like, oh, we 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 touch these type of drums, right? So like that is a you know one is a product of our modern age. That, but then the other piece is still true. Like it's a representation of life. It's not the actual life, right? And so within that, you know, things are going to be de-emphasized or overemphasized. Things are going to be elevated. People are not going to be a true full representation of their character. Um, but it, in, in, it may be some level to what one would find or what the, the writer and, and the creators think is believable to the audience or engrossing to the audience, maybe not believable. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of, you know, like I said, the, even though I don't I don't think that was actually Steubenville in the uh, in, in the thing, it, it looked Steubenville ish. You know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know I'm saying like it looked yeah, it looked like if, you know, any of y'all that been to southwestern Pennsylvania you know, upper West Virginia, uh, Southeastern Ohio. Yeah. You know what them towns and cities look like, 
you know, that, that looked Steuben Village. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that was actually, you know, the actual city of Steubenville. Um, you know what I mean? But then, you know, like I have that context, but other people may have like, a, like I ain't never been in other places. So I guess that's what it looked like there, right? Like, but these are the things that when you, when you're telling a story, especially in, in this age, like, how much does it feel like this could really be this place? You know what I'm saying? Even the piece right. you know, when uh, the bull that that get into it with the RZA that like he was, you know, he was the man at football. Is that some real Ohio shit? You know what I'm right. saying? Like you was dope at football at high school and then, you know, it ain't really work out. <laughs> but like people know you because you was dope at football at high school. It, but you know what I mean? It ain't really work out. And now, you, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, you, you, you get away from a life of crime, but maybe you dabble. Because you you know you're disillusioned, you know what I mean? Into right. into the streets, you know what I mean? But like these are very real uh actors within the culture of, of some of those uh, you know societies. And um, you know, it, it's uh you know, there's still parts of it that for me are sort of like, you know, I, I, I go ahead and accept like you know, bull don't really make me think of the RZA, but he but he he, he keep working at it, so I accept it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like look a little short to be the RZA, but that's okay. You know what I'm saying? We just gonna keep moving forward. Um uh some people spot on yeah some some people are spot on and some people just ain't yeah. right like like the rizza's character one with you know i don't understand the rizza talks in clip tones but like here's what we're going to do yeah so you know but no i i think again i think trying to again when people are still around and alive it all becomes a challenge when you're trying to capture somebody because it's like i don't like that person where it's like uh again nearly right and exact Right. And then I did right. that they brought up Dean Martin. <laughs> being for Steubenville. Yeah, like, Steubenville. That's you know, but it's crazy. So um, you know, I guess like my 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 just rapid thought on it is like, you know, I'm I'm gonna gonna try to finish, you know, keep working through, get to the end of this season, um, maybe touch back on it. But it's 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 still a little bit surreal. Um I don't know if there's other, I mean, there's other, definitely you could make some other movies of folks from these, this era of hip hop. Um, if you wanted to, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the entry point would be. You know what I mean? For some of the other stories. I mean, do you do, I mean, I know we've had the, I guess we've had the big, the biggie. Bible. You've had the biggie. You've had the biggie. You've had the, the pock. You've had the, uh, NWA, NWA, and now you you have this show, right? So again, I do think at some point there, I don't know, I don't know who else. I mean, again, I don't. The Jay Z story, the Jay Z story is it it has its own level of interest, but I don't know how you kind of you put into movies by wants to watch them break up from Rockefeller and all that stuff. And also, I do got to say, things will be interesting when they get into the other seasons of how, well, two things. You can see the seeds of why Wu-Tang had a run, but off, but, you know, kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And you can see the seeds of it actually in how they even describe how it all came together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the very nature of it was this dependence on this path and then that path gets to a certain place and things start to break down because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like these people. Were, they all knew each other, but at the same time, they all were doing their own thing and were brought together to do something very particular, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can see that. And I do wonder how they're going to tell that if, you know, assuming 
I think the success of the second season will lead to a third. But then what does a third season start to look like? Right. right? right, right. And, and how and how much are you going to tell the truth about <laughs> some of the stuff? Again, some of that stuff that's still is still raw. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like some of that stuff is still out there and people have feelings about it on a number of different levels. Yeah. Old Dirty's, cha- you know, you know, Ace on Unique's challenges, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 Indeed. Hey, all right. Well, I don't know. I think that with that, I think we, I think we covered it. My man. My man. So, um, I don't know. Anything for the good of the order? I think we're good. We G to G as my father used to tell me in the 80s i ain't want him say it we're good to go <laughs> ah my bad i'm gonna holler at him I'm, oh i'm gonna be back out the way in a couple weeks but i'll tell you that you know not here on the recording so uh all right <laughs> you know what i mean so with that i'm gonna say peace peace thank you for listening to good brothers thank you to my good brother i'm majestic i try to record regularly um you know, I could say weekly, could say bi-weekly. Who knows? Um, however, we try to come together regularly and just um, keep you abreast of some of the things that are on our heads and hearts as we move through the world. Uh, you can support the podcast, one, by doing what you're doing right now, which is listening. Uh, two, by sharing uh, with someone that you think might enjoy it or just someone that you randomly ran into. The next thing you can do is you can look up Justice Raji on Patreon and become a patron. It's a great way to help me offset the cost that it costs me to, to you know, keep these things on the internet. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, the internet is not actually free. Who knew? But in any event, I appreciate you for listening, and I hope that you found something of value in our discussion and our dialogue. Um, yeah. So more to come. Um, until next time, thank you, and be safe. Peace.